where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Uh, today's reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, the purpose of parables. Then the disciples came and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, Go closer. closer. <laughs> he answered, it must be given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, there will be, and there will have an abundance. But those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, I'm going to turn, I'm too short for this. You indeed listen, but never understand, and you indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart and turn, I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but do not see it, and to hear what you hear, but do not hear it. I think we should write a parable of the sound system. And here's why. Because, you know, parables are mysterious and funny and confusing and sad, and sometimes they seem um, counter to what we typically experience. And there is a counterintuitiveness to that sound system that when you hear that loud noise, you need to lean into it versus retreating from it. This was a rare moment where Jesus actually answered a question and not only answered it, but gave quite a bit of detail. It brings up the question of learning differences. You know, how do you learn best? We've, we've got a lot of different answers to this question now. You know, we know that some people are auditory learners, some are visual, some are experiential, hence the story box that allows for all of that. And clearly, Jesus used different teaching strategies depending upon the group. The group that he was, um, you know, the disciples said, why do you teach them in parables? And the them is just a large crowd like us. When I think about the parables, I am, I am relying on the work of a Jewish scholar, Amy Jill Levine. And I've shared with you before that I really enjoy reading Jewish scholars on Christian texts because it just gives me a different perspective. And Amy Jill Levine says what makes the parables mysterious or difficult is that they challenge us to look into the hidden aspects of our own values and our own lives. They bring to the surface unasked questions. They are designed to surprise us and challenge us and shake us up a little bit. They're designed for us to say, wait a minute, what, what did he just say? What was that? It's not what I expected. All totaled, it's inviting us to see the world or to see God or to even see ourselves in a different way. 
The meaning of a parable may be interesting, and we could spend a lot of time looking at the meaning of a parable, but the greater impact is what the stories do. It's the effect it has on the listeners. Does the story remind us of something, provoke us, confront us, or disturb us? This is not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Jesus, the parable teller, exposes our conscious and unconscious biases and prejudices, those places in life where we are out of sync. And this is probably a really good time to remind you that discomfort is not always an indication that something is wrong. Discomfort is not always an indication that we need to get our guard up. Discomfort sometimes is an invitation to growth and healing. And that's what the parables are at their core. An invitation to growth and healing, to wholeness, to deeper discipleship, to the integrity of life that is completely in sync with our spirit. Jesus says to the disciples, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the rule of heaven, which brings to the surface the unasked questions, what are the secrets of the rule of heaven? Jesus asks that we listen and think, that we contemplate, that we chew on these stories, that we let them marinate, that we let them cook in a crock pot. Choose your metaphor. Parables allow for multiple levels of understanding, of seeing and hearing and understanding that is a gift. It's not like the harder you concentrate, the more you'll get. It's actually the opposite. It's the abandonment of striving. It's undoing. It's forgetting the self. These are all of these sort of Western notions that you might recognize in Taoism or some of the other Western traditions that seem counterintuitive. You don't lean back. So consider for a moment animated films how animated films have layers of meanings. You can take a five-year-old and they will love it, and you can take an 80-year-old and you can be that 80-year-old, and you can take different things from the story and everything in between, whether it's from the attire of the characters or an accent or the power dynamics. These are things that are revealed to us in time. Now, depending upon um, your generation, If the Brady Bunch was a part of your life as a child, or maybe I Love Lucy, how many people really spent a lot of time as children thinking about, hmm, I wonder if they were married to someone else when they had those children before they came together to be a blended family? Were they widowed? Were they divorced? Were they children that were not part of a marriage? Is it their second marriage, their third marriage? Do the kids know the parents? Did that come up as a kid? I doubt it. It might today if the kids were watching it. Same with I Love Lucy, an interracial couple, a Cuban-American, married to a Euro-American. If you went back and looked at those TV shows, would you see something different? Would there be some subtle and not-so-subtle prejudices or stereotypes in I Love Lucy? When it comes to parables, 
may surprise you to learn, as it, it surprised me, that they're not unique to Jesus. See, as a kid, we learned these parables, and as a student, I learned about parables, but I never thought, like, oh, where do parables come from? Turns out they're part of the First Testament also, and other traditions. But in Judges chapter 9, verse 8 to 15, there's a parable that I'm going to share with you. It says, The trees once went out to anoint a king over themselves. So they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. The olive tree answered them, Shall I stop producing my rich oil by which gods and mortals are honored and go to sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree answered them, Shall I stop producing my sweetness and my delicious fruit and go and sway over the trees? Then the tree said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I stop producing my wine that cheers gods and mortals and go to sway over the trees? So all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. That's where you would have been like the bramble. If in good faith, the bramble says, If in good faith you are anointing me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, Let the fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Like a good joke, parables can be repeated often and revised along the way. And this parable that I just read you is believed by some scholars to be a subtext for the Good Samaritan. A futuristic, I would say maybe a parable that comes out of the Good Samaritan was aired on West Wing in their second season, 2000 to 2001. And you have, may have heard some version of this. It goes like this. A person was walking down the road, and they fell in a hole. And the walls were so steep and slick that they couldn't get out. So the person begins to call out, Help! Is anybody there? Help! I need some help! And a doctor walks by and sees that someone's down there and writes out a prescription and throws it down into the hole. A few minutes later, an attorney walks by. Again, sees the person in the hole and takes out a business card and says, hey, here's my card, give me a call. And a minister walks by. Hard to get out. Uh, A minister walks by, hears the call for help and says, I'll pray for you. Then a well-dressed business person walks by, but they have earbuds in, can't hear a thing. Just keep walking. Now this is where the parable is intended to surprise. Fill in the blank. Who's the one that's going to walk by that's going to hear the cry for help and do something? Yeah. An undocumented person, a couple who just came out of the hour center, person on their way to a meeting with their parole officer, I heard some others. There are many others that could be said, but I don't want to provoke you too much. And so someone eventually looks in and says, are you okay? The person says, no, I'm stuck. I'm in this hole. And so the person jumps in the hole. And the person in the hole is like, what are you doing? Now we're both stuck here. And the unlikely person says, I've been down here before and I know the way out. Today we're going to be blessing are participants in the Puerto Rico service trip. And when I say participants, you know, there are 
many people going. But almost everybody in this room has participated in one way or another to support this trip. And as I was thinking back to last year's trip, many of us were very touched by the man whose name was Aniel, which is spelt angel. And by comparison, Aniel's <clears throat> living conditions were dismal. And at the end of the week, we definitely, and by we I mean Jeff and a few other people, we made his home life easier, a little less dangerous, added a few conveniences. But more times than not, Aniel was on the second level of his house, looking down at us. Not looking down, like, but, you know, we were down below, working. And he gave some of us a modest tour of his fruit trees. He helped to locate cleaning supplies that he had on hand. He always offered a friendly smile. But when I thought back on that this morning in light of the parables, I had to ask the question, who was really the one in the hole there? Was it Aniel? Or was it us? Who was the one that might have been confused about the relationship among people who are different? About the relationship one country to another or a nationally owned district to another? It's a much harder question to ask. But for anyone who went on the trip and for anyone who is going on the trip this year, if you find your heart opening in a way that leads to greater understanding or the capacity to see someone that you never met before as a sibling in Christ, or if you realize that maybe the differences in living situations aren't as important as we might think, I would offer that you've been in that hole. You see, as I consider it even further, I'm thinking there's a whole network of holes. And we've just dug all of these tunnels. And we go from hole to hole to hole to hole, but we're not up on the surface. I don't know, maybe it's just me. But that's what the parable did to me. It's not necessarily the meaning of the parable, although they're connected. But it's more important that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to the possibility that we're the ones in the hole, rather than always being the ones that want to jump in, which is not a bad thing. But if you're going to jump in, you have to know the way out. And you don't know the way out unless you've been in the hole. Emmanuel, God with us, knows that, knows those holes and those tunnels. God with us right here in Longmont, in the surrounding towns, in the territory of Puerto Rico, wherever our journey leads, God is there. That's the promise that we just celebrated of Christmas and of Epiphany. The teacher, the teacher of Jesus invites the crowd to see and hear anew, to understand with our heart and to turn. And the gift of this new seeing and hearing and understanding, the gift of this turning is healing. So I look forward, as I know all of you do, to hearing the stories that will come back from Puerto Rico in a couple of weeks. And to hearing the stories of those of you who have been to other places or who have spent time just sitting in silence. 
It's said that the journey around the world begins by sitting in silence. That's the contemplative journey. Richard Rohr says, silence, <clears throat> silence surrounds every I know with a humble and patient I don't know. A regular practice of contemplation helps us trust that silence will uphold us, receive our mistakes, and give us the courage to learn and grow. So we're going to take some time this morning to just be in silence together. And if you need some kind of support for your silence, I encourage you to look at the song in the bulletin. You might turn to the Jesus Prayer or the Lord's Prayer, as you may know it. I also point out a resource in the hymnal, and I learned actually from Beth, uh, because when we attended Catholic services together during of the liturgy, Beth would open up a prayer book and just start to read. And so later I said, "Like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you supposed to be paying attention?" <laughs> and she said very kindly. Well, you know, I'm just, I find my mind wandering, so I just wanted to read some prayers for my focus. I found my mind wandering, so I just thought it would be best to just start reading some prayers. So thanks for that lesson, Beth. And now I share that with you on number 846 in our New Century Hymnal is the beginning of prayers. There's a whole bunch of different prayers in there. So if silence is new to you, And if the distractions are just too much, give yourself grace and compassion and just open up the book and trust that God's spirit is there. So having said all that, let us just be together in silence and then I'll offer some words of closing prayer. Beloved, when you go, wherever you go, go forth in the love of God to serve neighbors near and far. Go forth with hope and joy trusting that God is with you this very moment and in all the moments to come. And let us say together, Amen.